Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Java Jars. What you'll find here is just two Catholics trying to make sense of this mess that we call life, where thousands of coffee beans are harmed in the production of this podcast. My name is Emma Geis, and I'm accompanied by my co-host, Gregory Kelka. I am the convert of the group, and Emma is our revert. We are just two passionate Catholics who sharing a love of cold brew. We're adding some sass and a couple of recording equipment pieces where we're going to really just talk about how God is in our lives with the lens of theology, philosophy, and psychology. Just a free disclaimer, tangents will occur. So welcome back, everyone. Uh, We hope that you've had a wonderful week. This is probably why we do not record in the mornings, because Greg can't pull it together. I have so much energy. That's true. So today we want to dive into a a topic that's, I don't know, something that we've both been kind of struggling with. Kind of. We Uh, definitely struggle with. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Greg, what is it? What are we? It's control. And it's, it's frustrating. Well, you've had a lot happen over the past month here. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, kind of like a change in my state in life, I guess. I'm in, engaged. Uh, right. So you no longer have just a lady friend. You have a yeah, lady friend. Yeah, it's a lady friend proper. Right. Is because I've upgraded her. Um, And she just rolled with it because, like, we actually talked about that once we got engaged. She was just like, so am I just a lady friend now? I'm like, no. You're like fancy lady friend or lady friend proper. So her her term for me because she normally calls calls me butthead is I'm Sir Fancy Butthead Pants or something like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's a loving relationship. We're totally getting married. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about uh, uh, an instance in my life where like like just recently um, where I was struggling with with control. Right, so. Uh, you know, I got engaged and I had this, gr- this plan. I had it planned out that I was going to be proposing to, uh, my now fiance on, on the beach, right on the Gulf of Mexico, right when the fireworks were going off on the 4th of July, I had this all planned and that is not even close to what happened. No, but I think the story of what happened actually is a lot better yeah. than proposing on the beach with fireworks. I know. I know. Like it was, it was awkward because I called my mom and she was like disappointed. She's like, it's too early. It's not fireworks time yet. I'm like, mom, calm down. Um, but anyway, so, uh, what oh, I was up- waiting for a text from you and I never got it until like three days later. I'm, we, we put a, a, a ban on the Facebook and communications, uh, you know, things because right. of the fact I know. That, and I, I approve of that. Yeah. I'm just in my guilty pleasure. I wanted a text. <laughs> Did she say no? <laughs> no. I was, I know I yeah. need, I, anyway. I needed to let go of control of needing to know because I wasn't even in the state at that moment. So, <laughs> but, um, so like what wound up happening is because, uh, is that we were playing this game called what's yours like, right? Mm. So this game is a really fun game. Um, I was there with uh, it was myself, Julia, her sister, Jess, and her brother-in-law, Aaron, and then two of their friends, Ryan and Carrie. And uh, this game is basically uh, one person. It's like they have to guess a, a word, right? And you pick out a card, which is their, like the word. So say it's shirt, right? And everyone except for the person trying to guess has to describe what theirs is like. So my shirt, like... I'm wearing uh, my uh, volleyball shirt that's uh, blue, right? I'd say mine's blue and then just go on like right that. And so we go through a couple of rounds and all of a sudden I get this feeling like 
I should text her sister and see if she's okay with making it like ring or something. Because like the rings burn a hole in my pocket, right? I didn't even put it like in my luggage when we traveled. I had it on my person the entire time because I don't trust the TSA. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, uh, we uh, <laughs> I texted her sister, right? And I got everyone else except for Julia to know exactly what we're doing because at first, like, Jess is just like, what if we do proposal instead? And I'm like, all right, let's roll with it. So everyone else silently communicated that we were going to be doing the word proposal for Julia. And uh, so we go around and Aaron, her uh, brother-in-law, did a fantastic job. He nonchalantly pulls his phone out and made it look like he just like was holding on to it. He was recording the entire thing. Right. So, uh, he did a great job with that, but uh, we start going around and like Julia's like, I think I know what it, no, it's not that it, it can't be that. Right. And eventually, you know, um, it gets around to, uh, Ryan who was next to me and he, he like, you know, he, he described his and everything. And she's like, it's, it's not. No, it can't. And we're all just like, what do you think it is? And she's like, is it proposal? And that's when I got down on one knee. And I'm like, and yours is now, right? So, yeah, cheesy, whatever. Um, yeah, Nick is vomiting. Um, so is Emma. But I think it's vomit of approval. It's the weirdest vomit there is. Um, okay. But anyway. Well, in my defense, I did have tears in my eyes when you told me how it was happening. <laughs> Actually, I do have a video that I need to show you still because you haven't actually seen it. Right. Well, after the podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like that's like one of those things where like I thought I had this plan and I wanted the control of it. Mm -hmm. But as soon as like I let go of that, like it was so freeing and it just felt right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the fact that it came together in like five minutes <laughs> with a bonus too. But like it's just like one of those things where you're just like can like you're affirmed by the spirit mm -hmm. like in that moment it's just like this is how it always supposed to be this is how you wanted it right instead of how i wanted it well because you actually planning something out to a t yeah is does not fit your personality you are more of a let's fly by the seat of my pants and see what happens yeah. and if it doesn't work out well okay but if it does <laughs> here we go yeah. like so yeah, when you actually told me that's what happened, I was like, that definitely fits more than mm -hmm. fireworks in a beach. And Oh, I didn't tell you. Like, initially, the plan was going to be involving elephants. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's a tangent for another day. Yeah. But anyway, Emma, you got anything for me about, uh, like, dealing with control, like, letting go of that in your life? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing right now is um, me me questioning just like what the next step is, you know, uh, I feel like I'm just in this very big transition point in my life. Um, like, you know, I lost my job in December and then I got another job, but yet like just still questioning, like something doesn't feel right. You know, like where I'm at in my life just doesn't feel right. And it's so hard because I want to know the next step, right? Like, it's just like, you know, with you and the engagement, you know, like you wanting to know the next step, you wanting to know how things are going to turn out. And that's been a, it's been a struggle for me. And uh, just over the past month, I've tried to kind of back away a little bit. Um, not like, not in a, 
upset or frustrating kind of back away, but to, to back away so that I'm not so like mentally invested in a lot of things to be able to focus on my relationship with the Lord and trying to rest in the fact that even in this period of waiting, like he's still working. Like I think, so our friend Joanne, she sent me this podcast the other day and it was so perfect. So this was Sunday. She sent this to me. And uh, last week I had the pleasure of spending a week with the pastor I worked with in Peru. And um, so he was up here with his family all week and Saturday night, he like, as we were saying goodbye, you know, I'm like crying, he's crying. And he said, you know, I'm like, I want to encourage you. Like there's something big on the horizon. Like he was like, I feel it. You just like wait just a little bit longer, you know, and just have that patience. And I'm like, it is so hard to give up that control of just being like, well, I want to know now. He was like, I know, but just wait just a little bit longer. Right. And so then Joanne on Sunday morning, I guess it was Sunday afternoon, sent this podcast. Uh, it was an abiding together episode, which I mean, I've listened to before, but she brought it up. She was like, I think this would be really good for you. And she was like, the Lord must, a quote from it, uh, that the Lord must break the ground before planting the seed and then the seed will bear the fruit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that wrecked me mm-hmm. <laughs> because like, I've just been struggling so much recently and wanting to know what's coming next. And like, just so confused as to why things aren't falling into place. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just kind of in the middle of this ocean grasping for air and just not knowing where to take the next step where like that period of waiting, you know, even though I feel it like something is going to happen, it's just like trying to give up that control of wanting to know right now. So it's like you're Peter when you were called out on the water. Oh my gosh. Yes. During the storm of the storm or the the waves start picking up. Right. I know. Lost focus. Yeah, and it's been it's been beautiful that now that like I've tried to just take that step back and really like focus on the Lord. I've had some very beautiful encounters, mm-hmm. uh, and and I notice that when I start to shift my eyes uh, from the Lord, like you know that there's been some recent things that I've just been so up in a tizzy about. Mm-hmm. But the, when I take a step back and I'm able to then refocus on the Lord, then I'm not sinking in the water again, yeah. and. Yeah, I've thought about that like passage multiple times, you know, like Jesus keeping his eyes peeled on Jesus and giving over that control of, you know, his own emotions and stuff to to really focus on the Lord. And it's been hard. It's been very, very hard and very painful. But like that quote that Joanne sent, like the Lord must break the ground to Mm -hmm. be able to plant the seed. So just there. Yeah. Like I said, there's just multiple different things that I'm just like, why God? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I have done everything that you have asked up to this point. And I'm just sitting here waiting. And I know you've had that. You had that moment last year, like Mm -hmm. about this time, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're just like, what the the heck? Like, (laughs) I feel I'm doing all of these things that I feel like you're calling me to, but yet I'm just in this period of like waiting. Yeah. And it's frustrating, but I notice that as I'm slowly starting to let go of control, just the peace that it's starting to stir up in my heart. And uh, like I said, just spending time with Pastor Adam and his family last week brought a lot of joy that I haven't had in a long time, which was just a beautiful healing moment for me too. So 
that was a long story about how I'm doing, but I, I mean, it all ties back to like wanting to know and yeah. wanting to control what's happening next. And so, so what is control in our lives? Like what, what, like we kind of gave these examples, but what does it really mean? Like this grasping at control, what does it mean that we're doing? I mean, I think at the simplest form, it's trying to be like God. Yeah. You know, it's, it's putting us as the center of, of, the universe of me, which I mean, obviously goes to ties into like relativism and things like that. But like, that's what it is. It's like, you're trying to control mm-hmm. what is good, what is going to happen, what isn't going to happen when in all reality, like we aren't God, you yeah. know, <laughs> like we can't even see what's going to happen 10 minutes from now, let alone trying to control our future. But yet we're like every single one of us are guilty of, having some sort of control. Yeah. You know, it looks different for everybody, just like uh, other sins and other shortcomings look different for everybody, but like we all struggle with it. And it's like being able to recognize what areas do you try to control in your own life? I think there's, there's a root to that, that control. Right. So like what I hear is like when we're trying to control, it's us basically saying, I know better for myself, better than God can, Mm -hmm. which screams pride to me. Like we've, we've touched on pride before we had our one episode about pride, Mm -hmm. but the, the interesting thing about pride is like all these things that we've talked about in all these various episodes, especially the things that we struggle with, you can really tie it back to pride. Pride. It is honestly, I believe, and I think it was, um, Aquinas also touched on it was that it's like the root sin. Oh, yeah. Like the root to every sin is pride, thinking you know better, mm-hmm. right? When in reality, we don't. Right. We don't. And like. And we're all stricken by pride in some way or another. Oh, yeah. Like. I mean, like the people that like, for example, when I was trying to control the whole, in, like how I was going to propose and everything, like I was going insane. Like I was, it was driving me nuts. I'm like, how is this going to, I'm not, I need to get this to work this way. How am I going to get this to work this way and all this? And then as soon as like. That like I felt that that gentle nudge from the spirit, just like do it this way, just do it this way. That release that came with it was just so beautiful and so freeing, and like everything. Like of course, yeah, I'm proposing to this woman, right? I want to get married to her. I'm going to ask her if she wants to, you know, get married to me. That's a terrifying, but it's nerve wracking, right? Especially with you, like. I, you know, normally I, she, she's getting a straight shot to heaven. If we get married, I'm a, I'm an easy ticket. Um, <laughs> but, um, anyway, like, uh, I, it's like, it, it's so freeing uh, and everything like that, that letting go. Right. Um, but, uh, there's a, a quote from St. Uh, St. Maximilian Colby that talks about this, that, uh, um, we were doing research on and stuff and I found this one and it was like, we were both just like, Oh my gosh. And that's when both of us decided that without Julia's, you know, um, a choice in the matter that I was going to name my firstborn son, Maximilian Colby. <laughs> yes. Hey honey. Now that it's on the podcast, it has to happen. Otherwise all our fans will be disappointed. Are you trying to control that situation? Dang it. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so this is from St. Maximilian Colby. Relying on our own forces, on our own, without divine help, we cannot do anything. 
all that we are, anything that we have or can do, we have from God and receive it from God at every moment of our life. Mm. Like, what do you say to that? Like, <laughs> well, it was at that moment when you read that, that we both realized, man, we have a lot of work to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> by no means do we really like, are, are we masters of our own control? Really? Like, have we, you know, because like, let's face it like that controlling is in essence a sin because the root of it is pride. That struggle with pride is something we are going to fight with our entire lives. But like C.S. Lewis says, we are not called to perfect the virtues. All we're called to do, I love this quote. I love it so much because it speaks so true every time as he states that we are only called to invite the beginnings of each virtue. And that's all that God's asking of us. Not that we're perfect. And when, when we get to get to our heavenly kingdom, then we're made perfect. We're only asked to invite the beginnings of those virtues in because by doing so, we are letting go of control. We're letting go of the pride. We're letting go of all these sins. And we're saying, God, I need you. Exactly what Colby said in this. What he was getting at is that it's not us who who can perfect ourselves. We cannot do this by ourselves. Everything that happens, everything that we're given, everything we're allowed to experience is because of God, the father. And I know somebody's out there thinking, well, then why does he let the suffering occur? Quit thinking suffering's bad. Suffering is good. Not in so much that we need to seek it out, but because it helps us recognize what we need, what we're called to do, and that is to relinquish it to God the Father. I'm done on my soapbox now. No, but I think you hit a lot of valuable points. Like, yeah. it's those moments where, you know, where I recognize that, like, I've got control or whatever. Like, I'll be honest, one of the ways that I struggle with wanting control is like finances and wanting to know, mm -hmm. like, how am I going to be able to pay next month's bills? And I, that's honestly, that's a thing that a lot of people oh, like yeah. some struggle with it more than others, but like, that's one of the things that I struggle with. It's like, <laughs> I've got to make all these student loan payments. I've got all these other bills to pay. And it's like, okay, God, like <laughs> you, I need you cause I'm trying to control it. And that was just a really like big slap in the face for me. Like, Realizing like, okay, I'm like, you're okay. Yeah. Like you're okay. Maybe you can cut down on one coffee a week or something like that and put yeah. another four bucks. It doesn't really, I make black coffee. So like maybe like two bucks, you know, yeah. but put another two bucks towards having a little bit extra cushion for your electric bill or something like that, yeah. you know, like little things like that. And just, I don't know the, the minute that I, I looked at all of my debt and I was like, okay, you know what? If this is the only payment I can make, like I literally said out loud, God, I'm okay with that. And the minute that I did that, just like, I felt so much better, mm -hmm. but there are other areas that like, I still haven't done that yet. Like, yeah, it's like this knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Like it's, it comes down to like this, the, the idea that, like, I firmly believe we are directly, like, nurtured by our societal upbringings, right? Mm 
Uh-huh. And, and what the what we're surrounded by, this idea that we, you are the master of your own destiny kind of ideology, mm-hmm. right? That you are in direct control of everything. And if something bad happens to you or something good happens to you, it's all because of you. Mm-hmm. And that is such a fallacy. Mm-hmm. It is such a huge issue that like we forget, like, even like us, like we're, I like to think we're faithful Catholics, right? I like to think we're we're decent. I'm not saying we're good Catholics because I mean we're not perfect. We're all Catholic, right? Right. Why do we have to distinguish between good and bad Catholic? Okay. Right. We're all broken, but that's another topic for another time. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like we 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 struggle with that. Like, ex- like even though we are so involved with our faith. Acknowledging that we have been been structured by society, right? By these ideas. And it's like trying to, we got to break those chains. We have not, we don't have to break those chains. Let me correct that. We do not break the chains. We ask for help from the father and he's the one that breaks the chains. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like something simple like that, where I was thinking we need to break the, no, it's God. It's always God coming back to that quote. Colby right. stating that everything that happens is because of God. Right. And all like the Holy spirit just needs like an inch. Oh yeah. To be able to rock your world. Oh yeah. And being able, like you said, to break those chains, to break those chains of control. And a lot of times like the, the chains of control that we have are because of the, the sin that has been like tangled within our families mm-hmm. for generations and generations. And so it's like, well, how do you break the chains of X, Y, and Z that have been so, uh, they've been so entangled in your family, yeah. you know, and realizing it's like, it starts with you, you yeah. know, like it, realizing those areas of control. Like I know that some areas of control that I have in my life are because of, and this isn't like a downplay to my parents at all, but it's because of like my parents and how they've like how they raised me. And and I'm not saying that they raised me Mm -hmm. in a bad way or whatever, but like it goes back to that. And a lot of times it goes back to how they were raised and Mm -hmm. how they were like, and it just keeps going. Generational kind of thing. Right. One of the, uh, I got another quote here from my homeboy, Maximilian Colby, um, that I think really kind of helps with this, like trying to, how, how, how can we let, um, go of control. And I got two quotes. This first one I want to touch on, we can talk about, and then we go to the next one. Mm-hmm. So he states, when the flame of love is kindled, it cannot be contained within the heart. Mm. It grows and inflames other hearts, right? So what we need to ask is for love. Mm. And what's love? By the word incarnate. Right. Christ. God. Asking for him to enter in. That's why, you know, earlier it said invite Christ in to our hearts, asking for help, asking, you know, I know I struggle with this. Help me. Mm-hmm. And then we can tie it back to that C.S. Lewis quote, how once we once we start asking, we sincerely because it's it's easy to say, like, I, I think it's really easy for us to talk. For us to just say something, but when we, tr- we we have to truly internalize that and truly 
like wholeheartedly, every fiber of our being, not just with word, not just with action, but with our heart, our soul, our mind, our body, we have to fully ask and surrender because that's the hardest part. It's easy to talk, but when we have to surrender, it is terrifying. It wrecks me. <laughs> but the elation, the the just the reward from Christ for being able to humble yourself, humble that pride, cut yourself out from the knee, sweep the leg, right? Karate Kid reference, yes. Um, <laughs> wax on, wax yeah, off. Exactly. Uh, we have the ultimate Mr. Miyagi, which is Christ, right? Okay, I'm done with 80s movies. <laughs> but anyway, like just giving that, that inch, like you were saying, all you got to give is an inch to the spirit. And the spirit just blows up everything, mm -hmm. but in a good way. Right. Because in order for something to be built up, there has to be changes. There has to be alterations. There has to be a destruction, if you will, mm -hmm. because we all have those stony hearts. We talked about it in a previous podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like what I like to think of is like calluses. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to admit you can give me crap and everything. I've had a pedicure done before. Right. And you know watching how many pedicures I've had done. I don't well, I'm a guy. It's apparently frowned Zero. upon. Zero. But um anyway, so uh I got this pedicure done and this little Korean lady's working with this cheese grater thing on my foot because I've never had one of these done before. <laughs> oh and my feet are just rough. pulling off these calluses. So what I like to imagine is our hearts like like a calloused foot, right? And so there's still this healthy, great beautiful heart underneath but it's been calloused over time being hurt being hard like hardened be exposed to flame that's hurting hurt and hardened our, and deadened us right so underneath that is still a very much vibrant and loving heart and when we're surrendering when we're letting go we're, we're taking the cheese grater to our our heart right i just imagined okay this was the image that i literally just saw was a bunch of these, like my our guardian angel, you mm. know, with Jesus and Mary and everybody there, else. They're like literally day with going our guardian to angels. Town. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it literally, is literally just like you know, it was all white, and then here's like Jesus and Mary. There's some cherubims in the back playing yeah, a harp. Yeah, and our guardian angel, you know, is like giving us some tea to drink while like <laughs> Jesus and Mary like are just like going to town on our heart, you know, in like a very tender and yeah. compassionate, loving way. But that's the image that just popped into my head. <laughs> yeah like it's true though all right i got one more quote all right i got one more quote from my homeboy saint maximilian colby our strength is in our capacity to recognize our own stupidity our weakness in our misery with an unlimited trust and the bounty and power of the immaculate i like the fact that he just calls us out because we are stupid let's be real we are stupid beings. Well, because we think that we can't be healed or that we don't want to be healed. Mm -hmm. And thus that means that we're not willing to give up control, which inevitably that's stupid because why wouldn't we want to give up control to be healed? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's that because we've been hurt, mm. we're afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know because that's a weakness of mine. Like that's Look uh, at, yeah. I'm like your shining example of not wanting to be vulnerable with people. Oh, but which I've is why I've this cracked whole, you. So, oh, this what like especially this whole relationship thing. Oh, 
I have not cried so much in my life. Like I've never cried as much as I have like in front of somebody and until I, I started dating Julia, which is, this is why I know it's a good thing, which is mm-hmm. why I know it, it is a holy mm-hmm. and, and sanctifying relationship. Mm-hmm. And I know it, it is being formed by God. Right. Um, but because I hate being vulnerable because I'm afraid of getting hurt again. Mm-hmm. It's that fear. And what's fear? But it's the enemy whispering in our ear. Mm-hmm. Because we've been conditioned for so long, for so long. And we just, regardless of, I mean, like, you know, I call you out on it. You call me out on it all the time. It's something that I've been emboldened on a lot lately. It's just, who's saying that? Because mm-hmm. you know the reason why I say these things? Because I need the reminder. The more and more I reflect on this stuff, when I'm starting to talk about stuff, it's because I need the reminder. And it's easier for me to actually understand that when I'm when saying it to somebody else. Because I'm like, right. I'm talking to myself at the same time. It's okay. I'm sorry. Um, kind of thing. But, oh, I know you're talking to yourself when oh, yeah. you say it, too. Because yeah. I'm like, Greg, I know what's going on in your heart. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but being vulnerable sucks. But... It is the most sanctifying experience of our lives. The most rewarding experience you can get, encounter is mm-hmm. when you truly let yourself be vulnerable and you let yourself feel. Because when you make yourself vulnerable, you have to feel. There's no, I can be vulnerable, but I won't be overwhelmed by my emotions. No, it's okay to be overwhelmed by your emotions. We've talked about this before. It's okay to be overwhelmed by your emotions because that's when the spirit moves inside of you, lets you know that you are a beloved child of God and that you need to feel this. Mm-hmm. Because how else are we going to be fully alive? Mm-hmm. If we don't have these emotions that God, are, uh, God himself is allowing us to experience. Number one, let's recognize that. Well, his emotions are allowed because God wants us to feel it. He, he knows in order for us to improve and for, in order for us to get better and to grow in holiness, we have to experience these things. And that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That just, it warms my heart knowing that. Even though in those moments when I'm, I'm being vulnerable, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. I too. hate it I so hate much. It. Oh, I've had the same time. It's like this beautiful, loving hatred, (laughs) you know? Right. So it's one of the, like, this is my experience with being vulnerable, right? I usually try to hide. Oh yeah. Right. My vulnerability until people recognize that I'm hiding it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I find it interesting Mm -hmm. that you, you know, you touch on it. Right. But yeah, you're not willing to like enter into that wound. And then I'm like, dang it, you caught me. Now I have to tell you, you know, uh, but that's not saying that like we do that to everyone that we encounter, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's not saying that we are just openly like saying, here's like my entire life story and all my pain, you know, to everybody like that's for a select couple of people, you know? And I think this kind of starts bringing us into something that we want to start instituting, um, was, like three take homes, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, it's great for us to talk to you guys, for you guys to listen to our podcast. But I think it's also good to have like three points that you guys can utilize in your lives and something that we're going to try and utilize in our own lives, because we're not saying we, like I said, we don't have this all mastered. We're just as broken as you are. And we all need help to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. So that first one you can, you just touched on looking for a few, like just spend this next week. 
try to find, you know, at least just one person that you, you can feel truly vulnerable with that you can have check you. Right. When they see that you're trying to grasp that control, be like, who's in control? Real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's not meant for like everyone that you interact with. Yeah. Like, uh, but it's, it's meant for like a select couple of people. Mm-hmm. Like, and even scripture says that too. Like, and I was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day. She lives a couple hours away. We were like college roommates and stuff. And, I, uh, and we talk like anytime we call each other on the phone, it's like an hour and a half conversation. So mm-hmm. like when she calls or I call, it's like, do you have time to talk type yeah. of, thing, you know? Um, but and like those, she's like, she's one of those people. Right. Um, but then there are a couple others that are here, like in Finley, uh, but highly recommend, you know, just like having that person, somebody that isn't afraid to call you out and somebody who isn't afraid to walk with you. Mm-hmm. Like there's a difference between walking with somebody and calling somebody out versus trying to take on their problems and fix it. Yeah. You know, continue with number, number two. Number two. Find time this week to ask God what you need to let go of control of, right? That also, I want to tie in there, frequent the sacraments. The best way that we can actually really communicate wholeheartedly with Christ is when we are in state, a state of grace. Mm-hmm. Frequent confession. I know it sucks because of the fact that you have to humble yourself every single time and admit that you did wrong. And I know there's this weird, weird lie that's out there that like priests are sad when they hear confessions, like the same thing confessed over and over and over. But that's a lie. That's a bold faced lie mm-hmm. because they are so excited to know that you're willing to come back and start over. You know that you messed up and you acknowledge that you need the graces from this sacrament in order to truly unite yourself with Christ. So frequent the sacraments. So confession, one of them. Try and get to daily mass, right? Hit up daily mass. Receive our Lord in the body and blood, right? His mm-hmm. body and blood. Um, and uh, we got one more. Number three, spend time with scripture, right? So the greatest love story ever wrote, right? Like, I don't know, like. Better than more- Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. Hands down. William Shakespeare has nothing on him. Um, <laughs> but like the more and more I read scripture, like you, you start to realize like one day, like this, a reading could mean one thing and the next day it's completely different. There's so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. It's like this beautiful onion. There's so many layers to scripture because each time Christ is trying to tell us something different. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's our three takeaways. I'm not saying you have to perfect it. Not saying that you have to do all of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe just pick one and go from there. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a process. Oh yeah, like it's not going to happen overnight. It's a process. Mm-hmm. But um, like we've said, like you can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Like you need the support of the community um, of the body of Christ. But then also the grace from the sacraments mm-hmm. um, that the Lord has graciously given to us for these very moments, for these the breaking of chains and for the healing to happen within our hearts. Yeah. Um, and that's. That's what he desires, and that's ultimately how we draw closer to his sacred heart. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. All right. I think we should wrap it up now. All right, Greg, why don't you end us in prayer? Your turn to end in prayer. Okay. Got her. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for 
uh, this time that we get to spend together just in, in conversation and striving to draw closer to your heart. Uh, also recognizing the areas in our lives where we need to let go of control, uh, that we need to let you take the reins. And so we just invite your spirit into each of our hearts, uh, not only to our hearts here, but to all of the listeners, uh, that you may draw to surface uh, the areas in our lives that we have control or that we seek control uh, and that you help us to recognize those and to lay it at your feet, uh, to surrender that to you, uh, that we, we can truly give that control over to you and to be free from those chains and those bondages, uh, because ultimately that's where healing occurs and that's where freedom is, is found. And so we just, we ask that you just guide us in that process that we realize that it can be slow. It can be a very painful process, uh, but we, we believe in the resurrection. And as you raised Lazarus from the dead, we believe that, that you can do that in our lives, uh, individually, uh, but also in the people around us. And you can resurrect those, those very events and those very moments and those very things. And we also entrust all of this to our Blessed Mother's intercession. Uh, we ask that, that she just uh, leads us and guides us as a mother would do in her tender, loving care um, and wrapping us with her mantle. And so we just we ask that your Holy Spirit be with us to lead us and guide us as we continue to continually seek you and all your glory on this, this path to heaven. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right know that we are praying for you we ask for your prayers for us and until next time god bless god bless